Hi, welcome to the USF MSDS minicast, where we highlight current students and discuss their paths to the USF Master's in Data Science program and their thoughts on the program so far. Today's minicast episode is a practicum pride featuring Noah Matsuyoshi. Noah, thank you for taking the time to speak with us today. Yeah, hi, Victor and Christabel. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. Awesome. So let's get started. Noah, could you tell us a little bit about your background and what led you to pursue data science? Yeah, so I was always interested in like the broad field of engineering. Um, but for a long time, I was really interested in computer science. And so for my undergrad degree, I was planning on pursuing computer science, but I ended up actually switching to bioengineering because I realized I wanted to make an impact in healthcare. And uh, towards the end of my bioengineering degree, I realized that it wasn't really like the type of work that I wanted to do. Um, even though I wanted to work in that industry, I wanted to continue doing um, some kind of programming work. And that was also when I got really interested in like statistics and machine learning and things like that. So. I ended up um, right after my undergrad degree pursuing the master's in data science program here at USF. That's awesome. So we know that you work at Propeller. Can you tell us a little bit about what it's like working there? Yeah, so Propeller was a startup for a long time. Basically what they do is they make um, sensors that you attach to your inhaler. And this is for asthma or COPD patients. And they were recently acquired by a company called ResMed. Um, so I, I assume that that changed their culture a bit. Um, working there has been really good. I really like the company culture. Everyone on my team is super friendly and um, they, all, they always give me like the support that I need and they never, it never seems like they're like too busy to help with my project. Yeah, so um, so could you tell us how you've been applying the knowledge gained from the program to your practicum? And is there a particular class that's been the most helpful? Yeah, so, so far the work that I've been doing has been um, like data analysis type of stuff rather than like more predictive type of work. So I've been doing a lot of SQL so I guess our SQL class, I'm forgetting what it's called now, but... Um, Relational databases. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, probably the class that's been most helpful is the relational databases class because um, mostly what I the language I use is SQL. And then other than that, I've mostly been doing Tableau work so far. Um, so just like data visualization. So I guess the data visualization class uh, was really helpful and but also I mean the Tableau we didn't really use Tableau in any of our classes so it's kind of nice to um, learn something different in the practicum that I wouldn't have learned like in the program yeah t Tableau is a, a cool kind of a dashboard visualization tool um, that we haven't learned but I'm sure the um, yeah like you said the the kind of matplotlib data viz work definitely uh, probably helped that. So um, stemming yeah. off of that, what would you say has been the, the biggest challenge you face at your practicum? Um, 
probably the biggest challenge is actually defining what my project like aims are and what um, my project should accomplish because like when I joined my manager had a broad idea of what my project was going to address. Um, but he didn't really know exactly what that would look like. So I feel like the more that I work on the project, the more clear that end result becomes. Uh, and basically my project is they, they want to have a way to predict sensors that will fail earlier than they're supposed to. Basically, their sensors have an expected lifetime of one year. So if sensors fail before that, um, they want to know when that might happen so that they can send the patient a new sensor. And so I'm basically trying to use data to like monitor which devices are subject to that. And eventually, I'll be trying to predict what devices um, we expect that to happen. Out of curiosity, did you speak with uh, Diane about this project? Yeah, she's my mentor, actually. Okay, that um, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah, we kind of, like, every time we meet, we go back and forth, and she she has a lot of, she's provided um, a good amount of the ideas that we actually use, which is cool, because, yeah, I know she has experience with that in her research. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, man, everything you're saying sounds exactly like Diane. This first yeah. of all, the uh, yeah, the the querying she taught the class, and then you saying the um, sensors. That's like like her research on sensors. That that's 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 a, that's the perfect mentor for your practicum. That's for sure. Yeah, it was cool to get to work with her more too. She's you know really really nice and really chill. Yeah, so Noah, you mentioned that you actually initially wanted to pursue data science in healthcare. So it's awesome you received a practicum in this domain. Uh, do you see yourself working in this domain full time? Yeah, I think so. Definitely my long term like career goal is to apply data science to healthcare. Uh, I think a lot of the systems and things in healthcare are um, kind of like outdated, whether it's just like within the hospital or the research. Um, and I think that data science can help a lot in that industry. Um, but for my first full-time job, I'm not like specifically looking for something in healthcare. Like, I guess I'm not um, closed-minded or like I want to be just open-minded to working in any industry, but eventually move back into healthcare. It has been really eye-opening being in, in my practicum and seeing that gap. Uh, and it's really motivating, I think, especially uh, you would agree, like from the perspective of, of someone who really wants to pursue this field, mm -hmm. um, understanding that there's so much room still for like the state of the art because there's not enough uh, application here. Yeah, so it's yeah, awesome. Totally, yeah, I feel like those, for whatever reason, those industries just seem like very distant from each other. Yeah, I, well, I feel like one of like the biggest things about having the practicum at a company that um, works with like health-related data, I feel like that's really, um, I feel lucky to have that because it can be really hard. Like you wouldn't be able to do a personal project with like healthcare data. 
So really like the only real way to get experience is through a company that has access to that or like has those rights and has created those agreements between like patients and providers. Yeah, no, that, that's definitely a great point. Um, one thing actually that's interesting that I'm thinking about is also uh, federated federated learning. I don't know if you, you heard of that, but um, mm -mm. it kind of closes the gap on um, NDAs. And uh, I actually just, it's actually really popular in machine learning now, this federated learning, but basically like the basics of it is that you, you, you train a model on in the context of, let's say, uh, the, the the way I heard about it from is from uh, the ML uh, uh, engineer uh, alumni lunch. And mm -hmm. basically, he explained it like this. So in the context of when you, let's say, on your phone, you text, right? So when you text, um, there's like an NLP model that um, is learning the parameters of how you specifically text in terms of like, let's say, autofill. Um, mm -hmm. now there's in the back end there's a there's a general model that is trained on like a corpus of, of, of vocab to give you that autofill information but then another layer is basically fine-tuning to you specifically um, but instead of like instead of sharing the data of what you text specifically to let's say uh, Google or something like that what mm -hmm. they do is this like federated approach where basically they train they actually send a copy of the model to your phone and train it um, sort of uh, from text to your to your phone and then they just send the weights back to to google so that way it's like this sort of approach where you send back only this um kind of meta information like weights and so that way like your model is actually training but you're not actually sharing the actual data oh, so okay. so it's yeah yeah i i don't know to the specific details but yeah basically that can be applied in the, in the healthcare setting to where yeah. um you you train yeah you train a model on instead of like at one hospital which will even if there's a lot of data at one hospital it won't ever represent you know the the bigger sample you get the more general and and the better uh information you have about the actual underlying distribution and so mm -hmm. basically like um this is kind of an approach where you can from multiple hospitals and have all this data and you can kind of share the uh the weights of the models and train the data in this meta in this meta way so you get a, a really good model but you never actually breach any of these nda agreements so mm -hmm. yeah i would look into that it's kind of cool it's it's definitely yeah. an up and coming thing and uh, that makes sense because it's like if the numbers don't actually mean anything then you can't like break an agreement with that exactly exactly yeah perfect huh. yeah so that's called a uh, federated learning yeah cool so Noah, can you tell us like how it's been working remotely for you? Yeah, um, so like towards the end of my undergrad degree was when COVID um, became a big problem. And so I was already, and actually I was already doing remote work then, like before COVID. So I'm like, I was kind of used to it already, but I feel like now as more time goes on, I'm like getting unused to it <laughs> because I don't know. I just like, <laughs> I, yeah, I just want to go like back into an office and like hang out with people while I work. And also just like having a, um, like having a different space to work in would be nice. Right. I think everyone misses that for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, like, oh, this is cool. Working online is cool. You get more time. You kind of, uh, you know, you, you don't have to get dressed as much. You don't, have to, you don't have to drive. Like, oh, yeah, I saved so much time. Everything's so nice. But then after like like six months of doing like in yeah. the same house, 
every single day i'm just i start thinking i'm just losing my mind i know i feel like i'm going nuts yeah i have to like, especially have to... yeah like at the beginning of this program i was actually like excited i was like i was like oh i just want to like work from home like forever but now I'm like no 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 yeah i know Definitely, I, I definitely can empathize with you there. That's exactly yeah. kind of my feelings as well. At least like um, being able to like have um, like having a separate space from my bedroom to work in is super important for me. So at least I'm able to have that. Um, just yeah, I know it's like something with psychology and just being in a different space. Um, just helps your brain work better like for that space so that's been good at least yeah no definitely your environment sets up everything 100 yeah. yeah definitely yeah. agree with that yeah so stemming off of that um we have practicum and coursework simultaneously how has it been balancing how has balancing the workload been for you um yeah it's it's been okay i Usually, like, my strategy is to, like, I don't like to switch back and forth between different um, things, like, whether it's schoolwork or practicum work or, like, personal projects. Um, so I usually will just, like, do practicum for a full day and just work on that as long as I can. And then um, the next day kind of get into a different mindset. Um, but yeah, I will say that recently with trying to look for a job on top of everything, it's definitely been a lot to balance everything. Um, but luckily my team is really understanding and if like if one week I don't have as much time to work on practicum, then they totally understand that. Yeah, no, that's that's great. That's uh, always good to have. So on a kind of non-technical, non-data science related um, topic, what are your favorite leisure activities to do in your free time? Now, I know <laughs> right now we don't have a lot of free time, but with uh, the little yeah. little amount, the little amount we do, or maybe you could talk about the last few months. Um, what, what do you like to do when you're not coding or, or doing schoolwork? Yeah, so, oh yeah, I actually remember like uh, at the very start of the program, one of our professors, Brian, mentioned that like it's really important to have something like that where it's not on a screen and like you, just something fun that you like to do that's not like you don't need a computer to do it because like all of our work is just we have to look at a screen for it. Um, but yeah, mostly I play a lot of music. I I've been playing guitar for a long time now, and um, last year I learned bass, and then, like more recently, I've been practicing piano more. Um, and I still have to use a computer for that, to be fair, because it's like plugged into my computer. But um, yeah, that's that's been really good to just do something where. Uh, at least it's like more with my ears and less with my eyes and typing. Um, and then actually recently I just fixed up my bike and yeah, I've, I haven't biked in a long time, but I used to bike a lot and yeah, I just went out today and forgot how nice it feels to bike, especially here where it's like sunny all the time. Yeah. I, um, when, uh, 
Cristobal and I went to uh, UCSD. We we didn't have a car there, so we just took the bike everywhere. And uh, oh, yeah. especially in like yeah, somewhere like San Diego or or uh, I mean, you have the best situation when you you know. I don't know if you still live in Hawaii right now, but you got <laughs> you have an incredible uh, uh, landscape to to bike in. So. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. No, I'm in San Francisco now. Which, I mean, it's also always sunny here, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I know in San Diego must be really nice to bike. Oh yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, th- those are definitely good habits to have. I, I, I think I have. I mean, good hobbies to have. I think I have like probably the worst ho- hobby that's apart from coding because I play a lot of like online chess, which is kind of like oh, very, okay. very, very similar. <laughs> like you're on a yeah. screen and you're kind of thinking. I don't know. Some, some, <laughs> some. For some reason, it just relaxes me. But when I'm coding, I'm like, I'm like really focused and like kind of stressed. <laughs> but uh, you know, when I play chess, but it's it's definitely like. I, I, it's probably it's a lot better to do what you're doing like <laughs> off of the computer. I, mean, I don't know. Everyone has their own thing, but chess being relaxing, I can't imagine it. But maybe if I played <laughs> more chess, I would get it. Oh man, yeah, exactly. All right, no, yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate uh, I appreciate you taking the time, and um, I want to wish you luck on uh, job searching and your practicum, and uh, just good luck on on finishing up this uh, this master's degree strong. Yeah, thanks you guys too. Good luck with everything and. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today. Thank you for listening to this episode of USF MSDS Minicast.